Awesome. Oh, hey there. Blair Kaplan Venables here. Another episode of B Squared Social Jam. Blair is Bosco Anthony. He's uh, just arrived to his tropical office. <laughs> My tropical office this week. I think it's supposed to be a boat. I don't even know. I'm just, you know wandering through the digital vortex as they say yeah and i just switched my computer to be uh, i'm just trying to get my face to look a little lighter like to get the light to hit it right but uh i, I, like, was... I like your background on your shelves though that's Thanks. pretty cool yeah my husband collects well i got i got photos and then my husband collects like little volkswagen cars and buses so this office love, is a collection of like vacuum. his pardon i love the vacuum oh, too. i know that's it's my my favorite my favorite piece of art. Um, I don't really like cleaning, but that vacuum makes cleaning fun. And we have two cats, so there's like, it's just really fun sucking up all the little dust balls of their fur. But. Do you have a name for the vacuum? No, no, no. I don't, I've never, actually, I've named one vacuum. I had a Roomba. When I lived in Vancouver, I had a robot vacuum and I named her Ruby, and I put googly eyes and eyelashes on her, and her name was Ruby. And then when I moved to Pemberton, she broke, and she made me get rid of her. I just love robots. Like dishwashing, like dishwashers, it's a great robot. Ruby the Ruba, great robot. Like vacuum cleaners, like why sweep when you can vacuum? <laughs> I think I named my vacuum Big Mouth. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so how are you doing? It's been a been it's it's interesting time you know crisis uh, layered on a pandemic yeah i'm i'm digitally tired but um i think we all are but we're navigating through it you know and it's a sensitive time everyone's got a a, a stance and and i think people there's different narratives and um for me this week it's an event that's been you know exist existent for someone like myself for quite some time um, you know, you definitely, it's hard not to think about yourself in these elements. And so you, you know, you look back to past triggers and past events, but I, I also know better to know that this isn't just about one person. It's about multiple narratives, multiple, uh, viewpoints. And so for me personally, I've had a few people reach out and check in and some people awkwardly reach out and check in and didn't know what the positioning was. And I respect everybody's stance on this. Everyone has a different viewpoint. Everyone has a different action. I don't have any judgment towards anyone. I don't think anyone uh, that I'm close to, uh, I don't get the vibe that they are privileged or not privileged. I feel like we're all just trying to figure and make sense of this and doing the best we can. As a colored man, I prefer not to be muted by it. I prefer not to black out on my commentary. So I looked back within myself and said, how can I contribute and have a meaningful conversation? And that came from creative writing. And so I wrote what I had to say on social and I shared it with the people that I care about. I think you read what I had to say as well. But at the end of the day, I feel like we are having this conversation. And as a celebrity just pointed out, this is an issue that's been going on for years. It's just been highlighted now because we're recording. We're in an age of digital recording and archiving and publishing and distribution. And this is where this movement and this conversation is happening. I personally don't feel we need to deflect or ignore this conversation. And I think there's a lot of acknowledgement that needs to occur. But I'm also smart enough to realize that there's multiple narratives and it's not just one viewpoint. So for me personally, I respect everybody's decision. I respect everybody's viewpoint 
and I'm trying to do the best I can, as you are, Blair, to make sense of it all. Thank you for sharing. And I was actually just in this workshop and there was people from all over North America there, a lot of people from New York. And it was just talking about this topic. And one of the exercises we had was to start off by recognizing out loud what our privilege is. And it's not just your skin color. You, you know, everyone has this, everyone has, not everyone, but a lot of people have different layers of privilege. And so I do want to recognize that I am white. I do want to recognize I'm a woman who went, you know, is from an upper middle class family and I went to private school. I recognize I got, you know, I went to university and my parents, well, my mom helped me out with that. I recognize that I have a really tight Jewish community that really supported me and my sister growing up. I understand I'm privileged. So I also understand that I have a huge social media following on various platforms. And so what I decided this week was to use my platform to help amplify voices. So I'm not silent. I'm using my platform to really share other people's messages. And, you know, I do that anyways, but I'm doing it with a lot more intention. And I'm not going to stop doing it after this week, but I've put all my sell, all my promotional posts, all the things I'm excited about myself and my career. You know, I've had some big accomplishments that I'd like to talk about next week, but it's not about me this week. And I think there's other messages that are more important. So I'm also spending my time learning and doing what I can to learn and understand because I don't understand why there's so much hate and anger and how did it all start. And I see it from a certain point being Jewish and I've experienced anti-Semitism to like in front of me and to my face and I'm not a visible minority. And so, and the way I felt when that happened, I can't imagine what it's like to be black right now or ever. And I am spending my free time, you know, watching documentaries, listening to podcasts, reading articles, checking in on my black friends and doing what I can to learn, ask questions, be okay with the discomfort, lean into that discomfort and do what I can to help amplify those messages. And the most important, regardless of who it's directed at, I call out racism when I see it. Yeah. And uh, well said. I mean, you know what, Blair, I think I have a lot of appreciation and, um, you know, I have a lot of respect for how you handle this as well. We, we've had some conversations about what we want to talk about this week and, and, you know, you, you checked in and I respect that, but I also really appreciate your stance on how you have, you know, taken the time to, to give acknowledgement and voice to, to people that matter. And, you know, the one thing I can say is that it's easier for people like myself who's, you know, experienced racism, but not in the form of brutality like other people have. So it's easier for me to have a different stance. And I want to, you know, recognize the fact that other people have had it far worse than what I've had. And, and, I, and I don't want to minimize anyone's pain. But I will say this. I look to history and I look to past leaders when it comes to these navigating times and, and challenging waters. And something that Nelson Mandela once said was that we aren't born to hate. We aren't designed to hate as babies. You know, we came into this world and if we can hate, we're thought to love as well. And so that really stood out for me this week. Um, and for me as a colored man, I see past color, you know, and, and, and I can tell you, and I think you and I can agree to this, is that when you and I even became friends and got to know each other, it wasn't based on a face or race or anything else. You know, in Australia, so much has sparked up from the own indigenous people here 
um, you know, Jews have been persecuted for years. Like this, this form of hate has existed in so many different complexes and so many different areas. It's become even more prevalent right now because of one viral video that highlighted what's been going on behind the scenes for years. So it's a sensitive time. Um, but I do know, and I go back to those words, we weren't designed to hate, you know, we didn't come into this world hating people. And so it, you know, I think everyone has a narrative. I respect everyone's narrative and I appreciate you standing on your, on your virtues and your, and your values on this as well. Yeah. And, and I think it's okay for people to disagree and have healthy conversations and we all have our own experiences and, you know, I, some people are just still posting away on social media about their dinner and that's their choice. And it's kind of hard to see some people be so oblivious, but I also understand that not everyone has the wherewithal to fully understand what's going on. But I think we should maybe switch gears a bit. Um, you know, we'll, we'll keep touching base on this topic, you know, each episode, I think it's, it's really important but, you know, and other companies are hand, the way they're handling, it's going to be interesting. Maybe next week we can talk about some of the, some of the ways we've seen different organizations address what's going on. You know, Facebook's been under a lot of criticism. Uh, ben and Jerry's has a really amazing response in my opinion. Um, but, you know, we talked about some show notes before and one of the notes was like, what would you tell your future self? So do you want to give your future self a message? Or if you were a kid, what do you wish you told your adult you now? I think I'm an optimist and I've always been an optimist. So I think what I need to tell myself right now is it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay and we're going to get through this. And I have hope that we can come up with uh, a democratic or a more policy-based change in how our society is, is you, know, you know, moving. And I have hope of a sustainable society and I really care for humanity and I think the legacy that we all play is what is the legacy we want to leave behind for you know our, our future generations to come so for me being an optimist all I want to say to myself is we'll get through this together we need to get through this together and more importantly it, it's going to be okay and it's not going to be okay right now there's a lot that needs to happen for it to be okay but I'm looking at it from a lens of hope and, and that's all I can do because if we give up hope and we give up any form of optimist, optimistical view, um, it's a scary place to be. And I don't think I can, I can choose not to hope. Yeah. And I think the same message is what little Blair would tell current Blair and what I'm going to tell future Blair is that you're making the right decisions. I'm driven by values and my gut and my heart and my head. And sometimes I do make the wrong choice, which always leads me to the right choice. And that my decisions I'm making are you know, now are making a difference. And the decisions I made back then have led me to where I am now. So those are the right decisions, whatever I decide to do. I think. Yeah. And we're not alone. You know, I think the, the cool thing about this whole, like the most positive thing that could have happened this week is I made some meaningful connections with the tribe. And I think you can say that, I can say that, you know, we have some really good moments in, in, in life um, and we have some really amazing people out there and I'm constantly reminded of that. And, and something really blew me away this week 
I didn't even know that Blackout Tuesday was going to happen. I found out because I'm in Australia. So I found out after and I was like, you know, we've got all these things that we're posting and all of a sudden I'm like, I've got to, you know, take a step back and it's not about the business anymore. And uh, I ended up being on a webinar like you and this lady that was an artist drew out our webinar into a diagram and you know it talked about fear and love and it talked about you know the, the conversation that's going on right now and she was able to eloquently articulate this into a drawing and it reminded me that there's so much good in this world and there's so much compassion and empathy for everybody that you know let's not let's not lose sight of that you know and and i think that you and i are people that are optimists and we like to try to find the good because that's how we navigate yeah, I totally agree. And actually, I think that's what makes us really good entrepreneurs as well, right? Like we are able to be those visionaries or see the future or go beyond that, you know, matter of fact and see what's around. Like, why, why do you love being an entrepreneur? Like, why do you love working for yourself? I'm fortunate to align my purpose with the work I do. And, you know, I was lucky. I, I found my purpose at 19, 20, and I had a mentor that's, you know, fortunately still living and is still by my side today. And I have a, an amazing relationship with a bunch of my mentors. I'm, I'm actually almost done reading this book, Tribe of Mentors. I think I talked about it last time. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been on a path that, that's been really influenced by some amazing people. So I love entrepreneurship because it's not just my passion. It really aligns with what I believe in as a, as a purpose. And so everything I do right now is to empower people and leave them better than I found them uh, as best as I can. And, and so, you know, when you can align your work, your passion, your relationships, your people, your energy to that purpose, it's a gift. Yeah, I totally agree. I literally have entrepreneurship pulsing through my veins. It's, you can see it in your energy too. Yeah. Like it's, I have a long lineage on both sides of my family of entrepreneurs. If I've had a job, I'm usually an intrapreneur. I usually treat that job as if it's my own and I'm an entrepreneur within an organization. But I think what I love is the freedom and I, you know, I can't be chained to a desk. I, I think being an entrepreneur is a blessing and a curse, really. <laughs> you know, like I really need a vacation and I'm the only one in charge of that. And I'm going to take one. I'm going to go on a little camping trip at the end of um, June. Nice. But like, I, yeah, I just, I love being in control of my life and not as, not because I'm controlling, but because I can control my income. I can control the projects I'm involved with. I can control my destiny. And anytime I've taken a job, while being an entrepreneur or as you know, life happens. I've been an entrepreneur yeah. forever. And I talk about it in my book that's coming out. It always comes around to bite me in the face. Like it, it just like, I, I kind of like, it's a cool opportunity. I explore it. I take it. And then I know that like, I shouldn't have taken it because these, this is, these are my, like, this, this is my life here. And they want me to be like stuck in the center and I don't have the room to like bounce around off the walls. And right. so I think being an entrepreneur not only is something that I'm extremely passionate about, but I love speaking to other entrepreneurs. I love when people are thinking about going out on their own or they have ideas and they come to me because I can see that passion and that desire. And like, let's be honest, we've all had really shitty jobs. Like I've had a lot of jobs. Like I've worked at summer camps and I've worked in retail. Like I worked for Lululemon for a long time. Like I love Lululemon, but I've had also some pretty terrible jobs. Like 
I hate feet. Like feet are disgusting. And I, in high school, took a job at a shoe store. And the reason I took the job was because I didn't have to put shoes on people's feet. It was one of those stores where people did that themselves. And in came a really, really weird lady. And she was very smelly and she needed me to change her shoes because she um, needed help. I had to ask my manager to help me and I quit. <laughs> my, first day on, my first day on the job, I quit. And that was for sure the worst job I ever had. And I like to think about those bad jobs to remind me about like, why do I work for myself? And yeah, we have good clients and bad clients, but like bad jobs are hilarious. And sometimes actually I'd say everyone's had like their least favorite job or a bad job. And I know it could be worse, but like, yeah, I don't like feet. I should have never taken a job at a shoe store. Like that's disgusting. What about you? What's the worst job you ever had? You know, uh, yeah, I, I thought about this question and, um, I look back at it now and I, I don't think I have any terrible, disgusting stories. The only thing I can say is, is that I've been very selective in the type of work I've done and I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, but I have a very strong corporate background. Um, and so I've had, you know, I've worked in, in a call center, I've worked in the travel industry, I've worked in the gaming industry. And there's two things that have helped me evolve from a lot of these positions. And one is, um, the fact that I've peaked at learning everything I could and I've done everything I could. And that's typically a sign for me to move on to something else. Um, and so for the last contract, I'd, I'd been on this contract for 11 years. We had done some amazing things and um, it wasn't anything that I hated. It was just the fact that the distance from where I live to where I was going just killed my soul. You know, I was in traffic for an hour and a half some days and I traffic on the hour and a half coming back. And so Yikes. when you start off at six in the winter and you come back at five or six in the winter, you're leaving, you're, you're living this vortex, this dark vortex of life. And you're sitting there going, Oh my God, like I am basically stuck in this concrete jungle. Traffic. So depressing. It is. And so I, that for me was, was hard. It wasn't, you know, like a disgusting element. It was just, I felt like my life was sucked into commute. And so one day, this was what the camel that broke its back. So it was, it was a day when I lived in North Van and I was carpooling with my buddy and um, at the time and to save gas and everything else because Vancouver is an outrageous city to live in. So we leave at six in the morning in the dark. We've had a rough day at work. We've had you know conflict, clashes, you name it. We're just exhausted. And so we basically try to make our way back and from Surrey to North End, there was three accidents. Bridges were just messed. You couldn't get on anything. So I had to then get on a train that was delayed, get on a sea bus because my buddy couldn't cross through, through, through North Van. And there was six sea buses of people that had to go through before I could get on. And so at 8.30, I got home, p.m. I left the house at 6. I got home at 8.30 p.m. And I said to myself, it's time for me to change my life and to change my lifestyle. Um, and so that was the day I decided to start living life by design. And so, you know, sunny disposition was one of the things that I wanted to do, live in nature but also change the concept of work. And, and so you could have, you know, I, I met some amazing people. I, I learned some incredible experience, but if your heart's not happy and, and you're not happy or you're not aligned, then, you know, you start to question, it's not just about the money. It and is so, not, you know it's not about the money. I just no. walked away from a big six figure client and I walked yeah. away because there was a compromising yeah. 
question of ethics and values. Yeah. It's, yeah. If you realize that it's not about the money and you're chasing passion and you know what your priorities are and you know what your yeah. values are, the money comes. Yeah. And, and so I have a friend of mine who's really dear to me. I've, I've known her for 11 years and you know, one of the companies we were working with, the culture was changing, the, the, the procedures and process and ethics were changing. And so we both realized it was time for us to move on. And she was transitioning into her golden years. And we worked on the same, you know, division. So we looked at each other and said, what do we want to do together? And we both said, we're going to leave together, but we're going to leave it the right way. We're going to leave it in a way that was ethical, graceful, and more importantly, do, you know, take the high road. So we took a whole year of planning our departure, leaving everything we touched better than we found it and did our best to give it our all. And it was, it was so amazing because last year in December, I, we both received an acknowledgement from the company for our years of service. She'd been with the company for over 20 years and I had been contracted this company for, you know, a long time. So we both received a plaque acknowledging our years of commitment, service and dedication and professionalism. And I remember being at the Christmas party and we both held each other's hand, went up on stage, picked up our award. And that award for me is just amazing memories. Um, and, you know, when you look at those photographs and those memories, you forget about the commute, you forget about all the crazy challenges you face and you go, you know, that's a life lesson. So we're bonded by it. We'll always be friends because of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you try to find the good and the bad. Well, that's good because I did not leave the shoe store better than I found it. I fucking, can I even say that on air? I don't know. You kid, it's Friday. I, I literally hightailed it out of there, like eat my dust. Is that a thing? Eat my shorts. That's Bart Simpson. But like yeah. literally like did not leave it better. Wanted nothing to do with that. I did not win any awards. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what I was thinking, but like, whatever. Hey, look on the bright side. You just, you know, you now know that you're not going to work in a cheese factory. It's all good. Cheese factory. I would work in a cheese factory as a shoe store. Feet, cheese, same thing. Oh, no, I would work in a cheese factory. Feet and cheese are not the same thing, Bosco. How dare you? Oh, my God. I think a little bit less of you. Um, I love melted cheese. I'm, you, you, you put melted cheese on anything, I'm happy. But I, I, I can't do the blue cheese. I can't do the stinky cheese. Yeah, stinky cheese is not for me. But, like, feet are really ugly ground hands. They're just, like, weird ground hands. Cheese <laughs> is a delectable treat that you can Some melt and shred and blah, blah, Some blah. Some of it most of it yeah i mean i've been to some european cheese factories and let me tell you it is but, but i live in pemberton so I, I i get my goat cheddar it's great i like my goat brie goat agrees with me anyways on that note um well before we wrap things up i want to share so i started watching uh 13th it's a documentary that explores the racial in uh, equality in the u.s focusing on the prison system very interesting. I'm learning so much about it. What's it called? 13th. I gotta uh, write this down. I want to check it out. Yeah, it's really good. So I started it last night. I had a bath and started watching it. Kind of a weird thing to watch in the bath, but because it's very serious. Um, but I can't wait to finish it this weekend. And I, it's part of my, um, you know, learning. And so I recommend you watch it. And if you're you know, listening to this episode or watching it and you have other documentaries that you think Bosco and I should check out, you know, to help us learn and help the world become better, please let us know. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of storytelling, right? And one of the biggest themes that I'm seeing from people who haven't been involved in this conversation before is 
a lot of people are saying, you know, I want to educate myself. I want to listen. I'm going to mute myself because I want to hear the conversation. Uh, the best thing my mom did for me as a child was have me watch Roots. Um, and Roots is a, is a, is a long movie uh, about a slave that was captured and sent to North America and how he, you know, the, the challenges he had to endure. And basically, um, it's based on a true story. There's a book on it. They've made different sequels to it. But I watched the first version of this um, and, and how he gained his freedom in the end. And it led me to go down this path of watching other movies about, you know, black history and, and slavery. And, 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 you know, it really turned me into a history buff. And so um, I, I can say for my friends that, you know, wanting to know this topic and learn this topic, there's three takeaways that you can do. One is, you know, access storytelling to, 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 to watch the stories, you know, talk to people, have conversations and, and be in a safe place. You know, like every person that's come to me, I've treated them with respect and I've treated them with care and self-care. And more importantly, I've tried to create that safe space for them to feel comfortable to have this conversation. And, and there's so much good to be done. There's movements, there's, you know, crowdsourcing, there's raising funds. There's, there's, you know, even, you know, a parent came up to me and said, I'm going to really try to give my children, you know, a better understanding of equality and I'm going to be inclusive in the birthday parties and the family events. And we're going to, you know, show the children that they, you know, they can see past color. And so every choice you make, as long as it comes from a place of love is a good choice. Um, and so storytelling, my friends, is, is a really good way to, to really learn more about the conversation. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think what you just said, see past color, where I think we should see color, recognize it, but not use that as our decision and making anything and yeah. making any decisions, I mean. Um, but, I, you know, it's so funny. Like, this is my, my hair bun. It's my get shit done bun. I named it that this morning. So me and my get shit done bun has to go now and get some shit yep. done because it's Friday. And you're, well, I mean, for me, it's Friday. For you, it's Saturday. And by the time we upload this, it's already the future. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> but That's I true. just think, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting weekend. I'm excited to learn, um, you know, next week we can share some more resources and, you know, I've enjoyed having this conversation with you, Bosco. So thank you for being open to talking about it. And Likewise, likewise. And anyone that's out there who wants to have a conversation with us about it, we're, we're here for you. We're here for yeah, you. Just, just come, come from a place of love, guys. That's all I got. And, uh, and we'll get through this. Right. Be kind. Just be kind. Be a nice person. Like, don't be an asshole. It's not hard. Apparently it is hard, but it's not. We're not assholes. We're nice. So on that note, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the B Squared Social Jam. Stay safe. Stay safe. Peace out.